UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And we're here to talk about the Michigan victory over Florida in the Buffalo Wild Wings Citrus Bowl. Um... By a score of 41 to 7. Well, Andy, what did you think about that one? Well, it made me very happy. It was a game that I thought might be very close. I thought it would be close. I thought they were evenly matched before they played. But Michigan, you know, has had a good week in sports. They won the GLI. They uh, won a nice basketball game last night. Uh, things are going good and looking up, and I think the future of this team is very, very good. And I think Harbaugh has definitely got them on the right track. What do you think? Well, Andy, it's funny because I've been having a lot of discussions with people about how does Harbaugh's first season compare to Hoke's first season. And despite the fact that Hoke managed one more win than Harbaugh did, I think that I don't think this is a flash in the pan. Now, we can look back at Hoke's first season and his tenure, and, and we know that it was a flash in the pan. And unfortunately, the Hoke's tenure crested and, and, and receded after that first season. I don't think that's the case here with Coach Harbaugh. Um, I think that, you know, looking back, Hoke had the good fortune to inherit Denard Robinson and then completely mismanage him for the rest of his career. And if we look at where Harbaugh came in, I mean, there was not a definitive quarterback on the roster. And the job that he's done with Jake Rudock, I mean, Michigan has to be a beacon for any top quarterback, um, any player who wants to transfer, any top quarterback talent, I mean, Michigan has to be one of the top destinations. If you are a quarterback that wants to polish your skills or prepare for the NFL, the job that Harbaugh has done with Redock is is nothing short of incredible. Absolutely right. And Jake Redock deserves some credit, too, because Jake has turned in... To be a much better quarterback than I thought he would be when he first came to Michigan, when he first uh, went up against Utah, he was not the same quarterback that he was when he faced Florida, demolished Florida. Some of the passes, some of his passes were right on target. That one down, the the TV got a really good shot of, of the touch of one touchdown there, where he fired it between two defenders in timing, placement, the velocity. The whole thing was perfect. So uh, Jake Ruddock has come on a lot, and now Harbaugh says, uh, Coach Harbaugh says, that uh, there's a possibility that he'll be drafted. So he might go on. He might put off his medical degree for a while and, uh, and, and become a physician of some sort. So uh, he'll grab another one. They'll do the same thing. He hasn't been failing as far as quarterbacks. And the other thing I want to say is that he seems to recognize everything that's going on on the field. 
and he gets mad at the appropriate times and, and puts on a, a display that I think gets noticed. And, and, and I thought I worried for a while that that might go against him, but I think that in defending his people that he's getting a little edge. I think it's helping, not hurting. Anyway, uh, you know, he has done a magnificent job, and so is Jake. It's, inter- it's interesting, Andy, because you know you mentioned that Ruddock turned out to be far better than you thought. I mean, you, you know, bet. you can go back and listen to these podcasts. A couple games into the season, I, uh, you know, mistakenly had assumed that we had seen all we were going to see from Ruddock, and yeah. in retrospect, I mean, you got to remember that although Ruddock came over, you know, early in the spring. He wasn't really able to work with Harbaugh until fall practice started, and right. yeah. so it. So you look back in the improvement that they've both been able to to show. Now, definitely was fortunate that you know he didn't get hurt. Um, you know he was able to take the majority of the snaps. I still think um, you know a valid criticism of of Coach Harbaugh is that. I really would have liked to have seen some other quarterbacks get a few more snaps, but um, again, we we have to uh, you know give him you know assume it's his prerogative to to dispense snaps as he wanted. Um, I think that Ruddock stayed in the game in the Citrus Bowl to uh, you know to audition for the scouts, and I think that that was a, that was also a nice touch from Coach Harbaugh. So again, I think that you know for me. The biggest difference between Harbaugh's first season and Hoke's first season is that Hoke had a ready-made superstar, an amazing talent, in Denard Robinson. And, you know, Harbaugh really had to make do with what he could attract as a transfer and, and with, with the scraps that were left on the roster So at the position. So that's the thing that I, you know, I can only imagine how good this offense will be as um, they continue to recruit the players that fit, and frankly, as they attract top-drawer talent. Um, I think that one of the big differences is that Harbaugh, what we've seen from Harbaugh's staff is that they have been able to develop not only the talent that was here when they arrived, but some of the talent that they recruited. I mean, you and I talked about at the beginning of the season, you know, not only who was going to be quarterback, but who were they going to throw to. And Michigan, Michigan's receiver core has turned out to be, you know, uh, if not superstars, pretty pretty well-rounded and pretty deadly. So It's a strength of the team. So really, you know, you look at what we have heading into next season, I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see. It looks like the offensive, the offensive line, which for me, you know, and I said this in an earlier podcast, that Harbaugh had the same problem that Hoke had when he came in, that basically... Uh, you know, or, or last season, you know, Hoke's last season and Harbaugh's first season was who, who was going to play quarterback and and who was going to piece together enough on the offensive line to get things done. And you know, it, it took almost the entire season last year for the offensive line to come together, and it was sporadic even at the end. You know, this year the offensive line really caught its stride. You know, I'd say the, the third or fourth game in, and just continued to be very impressive. I mean, they they provided incredible protection in the bowl game. Um, so looking, I mean, 
it, it appears now the one area where the team faltered a little bit is they were they are and were a little weak on the defensive line and at linebacker and I think that's those are positions that we're really going to need to see talent stockpiled and, and, and talent cultivated but we're looking pretty good I mean I, I mean definitely heading into Harbaugh's second year um, I, really I mean you know we talked about you know Andy what did you consider uh, a success for this season what did you predict you know prior to the season that what did you expect to happen well, seven and five. If they were lucky, eight and four. If they were real lucky, nine and three. But I don't think luck has anything to do with these plans and plotted. They have covered every exigency in the best of ways. I think the coaching staff, as a team, has done the most remarkable job that they could have done. As a team, not just Harbaugh, but he's got he's got the other gears in the machine are working perfectly too, and they're working in mesh. They all seem to respect each other and work together. I think they made some mistakes, like everybody does, but overall, that's the best coaching staff that I have seen at the University of Michigan in a long, long time. They're well oiled, and they seem to be able to accept newcomers, and we'll see how. The new defensive uh, coordinator uh, goes. I think he's going to be good. He's going to bring an interesting but different style. They're going to be blitzing all the time if they get the people to do it. But I think they'll sooner than later have the people to do it. He's got a number one recruiting class coming up. And some of those kids will play. He'll play freshmen in skill positions. He probably won't play him on the offensive line, or he probably won't play him at quarterback. But other than that, he'll play freshmen if they can prove that they can win the job. Uh, one other thing, and I'll get back to you here, is that it's going to be interesting in what position switches they make. Will it put Smith at fullback? Will Smith be willing to go to fullback and 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 fold? Maybe some of these new guys in will try Isaac and uh, be around next year. Will Green be around next year? We don't know, but they're going to get they're going to get a few people in there that are very very good. They're going to have a running game. I don't doubt that anymore. And uh, uh, Mason Cole probably be your center. I would think. He's going to switch from left tackle over to center. So to cycle back to to cycle back on you know predictions for the season, you know I figured, you know, and, and I've gone on ad nauseum about this. I figured eight and four. Okay, I figured they were going to lose the opener because hey, you're on the road, you got a new quarterback, which they did. I figured you would pencil in a loss against Ohio State, you know, returning national championship. Champion. I figured you'd pencil in a loss against Michigan State because they were, you know, a top program last season, and I figured another loss here and there throughout the season. So for them to come back, and um, well, well, and my other caveat was if they could split with Michigan State or Ohio State, that had to be, you know, a successful season. 
Now, we got really close against Michigan State, but close doesn't count. You know, and that's the one thing that sticks in my craw is that even if they had lost to Minnesota or Indiana, which very easily could have happened, you could almost say should have happened. I mean, against against Minnesota, I mean some some inexplicable play calling by the Gophers as time expired. So even if they had lost that game and beat Michigan State, you know, I, I think you you have a very decent record. But I would be happier with that. Um, you know, just it, it's a real it's a real bear on your back that. You you have not had a lot of success against Michigan State and Ohio State the last several seasons, and you know that is the one thing that I would give you know when we talk about Hoke's first season is he did beat Ohio State at home. Now it was kind of an odd year because they were in a gap year between Trussell and, and Meyer, but still a win against Ohio State's a win. I really really wish we'd been able to hold on, hold on against Michigan State, um, but with that said, um, you know uh, nine wins. And uh, a convincing bowl victory. Um, boy, uh, that Florida offense looks just like the, uh, the, the brilliant dreadnought that Nussmeyer ran here, eh? I mean, he went, he went right on from here to, uh, to, uh, to a top flight unit over there. And, and uh, it was interesting seeing that. I mean, boy, don't need to see that. Good luck. Good luck, Florida. Um, well, they, they they had a makeshift quarterback in there because the regular quarterback I've heard earlier in the year he got in trouble and got tossed out. Something happened that he didn't play, and so he wasn't there. But one thing that you can say that really is good about this, you know, I'd like to see him beat Michigan State too, and they they did beat Michigan State. They just didn't win the game uh, through their own uh, uh, follies there to drop to drop kick, but. Blake uh, O'Neill wasn't, uh, he was holding for the snaps, but he didn't play because he's got an injury. And I thought Kenny Allen did a heck of a good job on the punting. They slipped in, in him into the punting when he did a heck of a job. But I would have felt a lot worse about the season if Michigan had taken that that belly blow, that knockout punch they got from Ohio State and let that ride them and gone into the bowl game and pulled the kind of deal that they had against Kansas State under under Brady. But they they came out with fight. They were well coached. They were sharp. They weren't looking back. That was a really nice game. And uh, Florida did win, what was it, the South Division of the SCV, I don't know, ISCC, I don't know whether they have East or West or North or South, but anyway, they were a division championship and lost to Alabama in the championship game, is that not right? Well, and yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Michigan had a 9-3 and regular season. They win the bowl game. They get to 10 wins, which is a big deal. And, you know, they slap Florida around, and they really did slap Florida around. You know, I, I tell you, looking back at the losses, the most confounding loss to me is that Ohio State game. Because, again, you go to Utah, you're on the road, you got a new coach, you got a new quarterback, you lose by a touchdown, that game could have went either way. Okay? You have that 
horrifying loss to Michigan State, which is just seared into my memory and, and every other Michigan fan's memory. And what's wor- worse is we're going to see that play for the next 27 years. I mean, that is the that is the equivalent of Anthony of Wangler to Anthony Carter um, that you that you see every time you know Michigan plays Indiana. Um, every time you're going to see that, and 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 rightfully so. Um, yeah, but the one one thing you can say about that is, though, you're not hearing the crowing from East Lansing that you could have heard if it had been a Colorado-type uh, 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 episode, and they had done that because of their skill. They knew that they were handed a gift, and they haven't been crowing about it too much. And uh, it'll die down. We looked a couple times, and that'll be... Well forgotten. Colorado didn't last forever. So Appalachian State didn't last. Yeah, forever. but but yeah. we didn't but we didn't play them every year either. And and, yeah. and and again, my point, you know, going back down the the schedule was the the game that sticks in my craw. You know, I could live with. You know, we beat Minnesota twenty nine to twenty six. Could have went either way. We beat Indiana in double overtime. Anytime you go to overtime, it could have went either way. The game that sticks out like a sore thumb is that loss at home to Ohio State, forty-two to thirteen. Just a that's an outlier. You know, I mean, let's call it what it is—a bitch slapping. I mean, it was not. Um, it was not competitive. It was surprising, surprising because remember at that time. Michigan still had an outside chance of squeaking into perhaps the Big Ten Championship if things had, had fallen differently. And for sure, you know, you know the Rose Bowl people were there that game. They wanted they wanted some way to, to wedge Michigan in that game versus Stanford. But after after the shellacking they took. So, you know, I look at it two ways. On one hand, it's definitely an outlier. On the other hand, boy, you got to know that Harbaugh is looking at that game, and and that has to drive him crazy. Because when you go down the schedule, like I said, every other game you can oh, okay here this happened this happened. That game was definitive. I mean, that game was almost as definitive as the beating that Michigan put on Florida. So well, you got to look at the circumstances in that one too. Ohio State kicked. Uh, beatings from Michigan State previously to that, which had they did not play their heads in that game, and so they got them wrapped up for the next game. And if there's going to be a game that Ohio State's going to get up for and can recover from a loss at, it's going to be against Michigan. So the circumstances didn't favor Michigan too much in that. Seems like they've had a lot of that. Uh, against Ohio State with Bo's death the one year just before uh, just before the game is occurring, Bo passes away and that let the team down. I thought it would juice them, but it didn't. And uh, they lost that one. But anyway, losses come with the territory and for the material that he had, that this coaching staff had, I thought they did a magnificent job in getting it together and doing as well as they did this year, and especially so at the quarterback position, because that is because of Harbaugh's foresight that you had a reliable 
quarterback in there. Oh, kind of as an aside, uh, Morris keeps saying that he's staying and that he expects to compete for a starting job next year. Everybody seems to have a corn penciled into that this early. I mean, all the fans are speculating that it might be a corn. There's another transfer from Houston, I believe it was, that is uh, a big guy with a little bit of mobility and a great big arm. So it's going to be, this is going to be one of the most interesting years around. Now, in recruiting, it's going to be interesting to see how much, how many scholarships that they have for the rest of the way and where the attrition is going to be. I'm hearing that people are saying they work under the policy that a fourth year, a fifth year is not guaranteed to anybody that's recruited. A fifth year is earned. And so there are people that probably are seniors that are probably not going to be invited back because it's not felt that for the fifth year they will give enough to the team to be worth the cost. Well, it's going to be interesting. One of the things that's going to be interesting to me is that you can go back and look. There was a time not too long ago where Michigan was quarterback you. And, you know, I think back to, you know, there was a time that you had Tom Brady on the roster, you had Todd Collins, you had Elvis Gerback, you had a assembly line where even the players who were second and third on the depth chart got a shot in the NFL. You know, and you can look back, remember Scott Dreisbach, um, you know, you can go down, you know, Brian Greasy, you can go down. Um, you know, the rosters and even players who didn't get significant, you know, lost their starting position or, or again, second or third on the roster. Michigan was so deep at quarterback that those players could go on and, and get a look in the NFL. And I look at, again, how, how very inexperienced, but how deep the roster is. And I think. I'm guessing that that's the position that we're going to be in, where, whereas in some programs, the quarter, if the quarterback thinks they're not going to get the start, they'll just bolt. Here, I think that they know that if, if they pull ahead at some point, they will get playing time, and that the value of working with a coach like Harbaugh is going to outweigh you know, going to a lesser program and, and, and starting. You know, what do you think about that, Andy? Well, I think it's going to be quarterback to you again. It's obviously hardball specialty. The assistant coaches and staff working with it. At least they have somebody dedicated to quarterbacks. And for a while, the previous two administrations did not even have a, uh, a quarterback's coach outside of the offensive coordinator, which I thought was a crime at the time. And he's got people dedicated to the quarterbacks. He's got helpers to advise him, assistants that are, that are all over the place. Uh, so they're doing the job. He knows what he's doing. 
Harbaugh knows what he's doing as much as any coach that I can remember that they've had. He now, really does. Now, Andy, are you saying that Al Borges may not have been the best mentor for quarterbacks? Is, is that what you just said? I mean, the guy who took Denard Robinson and put him under center might not have, have cultivated talent the best way possible. I mean, I just want to make well, sure I, that you're being clear about what you're saying. Well, well I couldn't say anything about uh, Coach Borges uh, like that. You know, he used to stamp at me for the stuff I was writing, I think. Uh, but I was very critical of that. I thought that was a failure. And I can't remember if Coach Rodriguez said it the same way, too, but it seems, it appears, my memory tells me that that was true for Rodriguez also. Well, I think yeah. under I think under Coach Rodriguez, you know, and again, um, you know, he took such a interest in, um, in the offense that... Yeah, that's true. Really, the defense is what, what basically, you know... You know, screwed him over over at Michigan. Um, he did do one thing that Michigan didn't do this year, though. He beat Utah. Oh, yeah. Then, you know, which we didn't. So, but that yeah, I mean, the first game, no. I mean, first. remember, I think what he did is he had um, technically he had Rod. You know, when Rod Rodriguez was here. He had Calvin McGee working with with the quarterbacks, you know, as the offense coordinator, and he had Rod Smith there, you know, initially. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I don't think that, you know, and nothing against those guys because, again, like you said, they've gone on to some success after they've left Michigan. Um, sure. You know, again, I mean, you know, their current position six and six is considered just fine. They're they're perfectly happy with them down there. Um, <laughs> You know, and, and it was funny because when, when the rumors were going around that, that Coach Rodriguez was going to leave for another position and he decided to stay down there, I, I, I like to think that he looked around and said, wow, these guys like me at 6-6. Six and six. I better stick around. This is a pretty good gig. Um, the, the issue is, is that, again, whatever success those guys have had, and, and again, they're, they're very good coaches, it's nothing compared to the pedigree that Harbaugh has brought. And it's really amazing to see. And, you know, it's unfortunate that we don't get to see more practices. I would love to see um, what, you know, the different ways that Harbaugh interacts with, with the players. You know, one thing that's clear is that he believes in minimizing meetings as much as possible and spending as much time on the field. You know that that is the best place to learn, the best place to learn, and the best place to teach. And it's just unfortunate that you know, as being kind of a, a coaching technique geek as as I am, I would love. I mean, I really enjoyed. You know, again, even under Coach Rodriguez, and even the first year under Hoke, when we got pretty extensive access to practice compared to now, I really enjoyed yeah. seeing how the coaches worked on technique. And we really have no idea now. I mean, it, it's, you know, we might as well just, we might as well just be guessing because we really don't get to see any substantial, um, you know, any substantial time uh, in, the, in the spring well, I, I or the fall. Well, I keep telling you, if, if you give them $1,000 every year, uh, you know, or more, out of, out of your, your, your stock, 
your supply, your coffers, they'd probably let us into those practices. Yeah, but, you know, they even have that thing where even when they allow, like, the donors in, um, you're not supposed to write about it. You know, and I always... You certainly can't videotape or, or anything like that. You can't interview anybody. You know, so it's just too bad because, like I said, I, I'd be really interested. So, well, Andy, we're, we're running a little long here. You know, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about... Um, you know, the other team from Michigan that, that played. Um, you know, I, I'm going to take the blame for Michigan State's failure. It, it seems like whenever I buy, I bow down and say something nice, they go out and, and, and crap the bed. I mean, you know, one of our last podcasts I talked about what a great program they had built and how I really hoped that they were going to go down and thump Alabama because I thought that when Nick Saban left East Lansing, I didn't think he was very classy. And um, as much as it would have driven me crazy, I was really hoping that they were going to beat Alabama and then get crushed in the national championship game. And they got the order all wrong. They just got crushed. They just got slapped yeah. around. And I was pretty happy with that. You know, the order. Uh, I hate to have them bragging that they got to the final two. Uh, I thought that uh, over television, I thought that uh, D'Antonio was rude to a lady reporter that was asking him a question before a game or something, and she's got the question half out of her mouth, and he turns and nastily says to her, I gotta go and, and runs away. Uh, I don't think that he's personality plus, but what he is, is a very good coach, but Alabama sure steamrolled him, and they did not live up to being Big Ten champions in that game, which I think hurts them a little bit, it's going to hurt their reputation some, and they're losing a lot of people for the year coming up, a lot of people. So we'll see how D'Antonio can do when he's got the ability to do who he puts at quarterback. He's got some in stock. I mean, there's some, O'Connor has been sitting there for a couple of years and he'll be ready to take over. But all in all, living in the Lansing area, it has been a very satisfying little year to me here these past few days. But, uh, there's been no, no, I've been getting no phone calls about Michigan's football, uh, lack of Michigan football capabilities anymore from them. And uh, it's been pleasant. I've been enjoying it. I think it's good for Michigan. And I think Michigan is headed toward a very, very good recruiting year. It's all, as far as I'm concerned, it's all looking up at this time. You know, things can go bad but right now. It seems to be all looking up and headed in the right direction. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.